Whenever I visit France, I always see lots of top bottles for sale, but when I get back home, those same bottles can be much harder to find, if not impossible. That's why I use IdealWine.com. At IdealWine.com, I can buy wines directly from France for delivery directly to my home. They have new auctions every week, and the fixed price selection is equally awesome. Clos Rouchard, Chateau Reyes, and Ulysse Colon, as well as many more greats from all over France, are regularly available on the website. Best of all, it is simple and hassle-free to buy them. Ideal Wine handles all the customs and logistics hurdles for you and for me. Wines are ordered with a couple of clicks, and then they arrive. It is simple. Check out IdealWine.com for more information. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com to find what you'd like to be drinking. I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Stefan Tissot on the show today. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, Levi. I'm very well. And you? Nice to see you. Thank you. So your dad and your mother started your family estate in the early 1960s in the Jura. Yes. Um, I'm in Jura, a very small uh, area of wine, uh, not very popular area of wine because we don't have so many wines and uh, lots of Jura wines are uh, drinking in the area. Uh, and my parents created the estate uh, at the beginning since uh, only one vines of uh, less than 0.5 hectares in 1962. And why do you think they decided to do that? Uh, at this period, you know, Jura um, history the, during the 20th century is very different compared to Burgundy, for example. Um, in Burgundy, when you you can make only wines in the land of Burgundy, in Jura, main of the farm uh, is mixed between uh, vine and uh, and cow for make Comté. You know, we make of course lots of Comté cheese in Jura, and this Comté cheese had lots of, lots of success. And after the the beginning of the 20th century, when when uh, Philoxera, First World War, lots of war in the vineyard and the competition with the south with the wine from south of France, um, the agriculture in Jura was okay. Why? Because they put all vines away and they continue to make agriculture with cow for make Comté. And my grandfather, for example, has um, a farm with three hectares of vines. Who he, he sells the wine to the cooperative and has some. Uh, some some cow for make uh, milk and for make Conte, of course. And uh, when my parents start in 1962 to make uh, to make wines for my grandfather, that was not the future because Conte was was so good uh, was uh, so good thing and uh, good rentability and everything compared to wine. Then for me for 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 my grandfather that was not the future. Of course, now, cow is very, very good because uh, Conte is the biggest uh, cheese in, in France in quantity and in quality. We can taste some very good thing. On wine, now in Jura, is very, very good. But for example, uh, we can plant in Jura again 5,000 hectares of vines. At the moment, we have only 
two hectares of vines in Jura, and uh, we can plant 5,000. Of course, 5,000 would be not uh, would be not good, but uh, I think during maybe next 10 years, if we plant uh, five, 600 hectares of vines, that could be very nice. In other words, there's a lot of room there that's unplanted in the Jura today still, yes. because a lot of it goes to, to cow pastures. Yes, to cow, and you have sometimes some very nice terraces and ter- very nice um, piece of uh, of land. Uh, not where you can't put some cow, because it's too, uh, you have some terraces and something like this, and uh, you have some very nice place like this to plant in Jura. We start to plant some, we have approximately three hectares like this, and uh, we have possibility to plant some other one. You know, it's some vines who uh, were not uh, in vines since uh, Phylloxera or since the 40s. And it's very, very nice, very nice exposition. And uh, it's often some limestone terroir. You know, in Jura, we have a big mosaic of clay soil and limestone soil. And this style of of, uh, of old terraces is, of course, when you have some uh, some rock, then in, uh, in limestone soil. So what are the different grape varieties that you work with today? In Jura, we grow five different grapes. Um, Chardonnay is a more important important grapes. Uh, the other white grapes is Savagnin. Uh, and we have three red grapes, Pulsar, Trousseau, and Pinot Noir. Uh, the originality of the grapes are a little unique because you can find Pulsar only in Jura. Uh, Savagnin is a cousin of Gewürztraminer, but Savagnin is a Traminer white, we can see this, and uh, is very popular in Jura. But the, the, the largest plantation of vines in Jura is Chardonnay. And we have, some people say we have since, we have Chardonnay since the 14th century. It's very old grapes in, in Jura. And uh, Trousseau is uh, the same grapes than Bastardos you can find in Portugal and Spain. And of course, Pinot Noir, and everybody knows, knows it. We, we have some, some not historic note Then Pinot Noir is in uh, Jura since the 16th century. There's a, a Spanish tie-in with the Trousseau. Is there a Spanish history in the region? Yes. Um, one thing very interesting is uh, we were uh, Spanish uh, with uh, Charles V. In the same time, then Flams, north of Belgium, uh, was Spanish. You know, we are just front of uh, Burgundy. Compare, you know, you have the Saône Valley, you have the Rhone, the Rhone River, the Rhone Valley in south. Then after you have the Saône Saône Valley. Uh, the Saône Valley separate Jura to Burgundy, and um, and. Our history in Jura is very different to Burgundy. Burgundy, you know, was very separate to France in Middle Age and, and, and uh, during a, f- a few centuries. And in Jura, we were uh, Franche-Comté. We were Comté-Franche because we are just customs between uh, Switzerland and, uh, and some, somewhere uh, Italy and, and everywhere. And uh, for a time, we were Comté-Bourgogne because we, we were dependent from the, from the Burgundy. Then after, we were Spanish. And then we were French in the same time. And it's very interesting because... In, you can find this history when you move in uh, in the ta- in the old town because all uh, building has the influence of uh, Spanish for Spain for example or or Burgundy sometimes and um, in the vineyard we keep all the influence in the vineyard now. Uh, f- at the moment, in Jura, uh, we have five grapes. We told this just before, but we have lots of style of winemaking and all this history live in our habits of winemaking, uh, something. And um, in Jura, we make uh, some uh, oxidative wine, some uh, some sweet wine, like with Pasito, like Pasito, 
for vampire, we make some sparking wine, we make, we keep all the habits of distillation, like this we make magva, it's like liqueur, and um, of course in my estate we, we have 50 hectares and we make 35 different wines, but a small estate in Jura make 10 wines easily. Then uh, it's all the tradition to keep Lots of style of wine is a real tradition from Jura. It's not a fashion, it's a tradition. For this reason, sometimes uh, Jura wines are not so many understand because uh, if you taste one wine from Jura, it's not uh, representative of the area because you have so many different wines. Uh, during a long time, uh, oxidative wine was our image uh, outside of Jura because everybody thinks when he tastes Jura white wine, he will have the... Um, nuts on the spicy character of oxidative wine but uh, that was uh, on that was on that is just a small part of our of uh, our production we make lots of red pulsar trousseau it's a uh, pulsar is uh, is very local grapes but so many exciting because it's a light red grapes but with lots of concentration lots of uh, typicity sorry and um, you have so many different uh, wine we can make in dry it's uh, It's it's very interesting for the for the consumer for the for the wine lover and for the winemaker because we touch we touch in winemaking nearly to every winemaking we can find in in the world. So in a way, the different cultures that were there during different periods of time have overlapped and left a legacy of different wine styles in the region. Yes, a, a little. Yeah, we speak. Um, about for the main example maybe is some Sp is Spain Trousseau uh, yes Trousseau you, we find it in uh, Douro Valley on in Jura and uh, on it's the main example maybe like um, like oxidative wine you know in in Europe we can we the two biggest area for oxidative wine is uh, Spain, Andalusia, and uh, Jura. And um, when we speak about the bottle of Jura for vin jaune, we call it Clavelin. You know, it's a bottle not allowed in US, but it's a very popular bottle. Uh, the quantity is 0.62 liters per bottle. Some people said for one liter of Savagnin, because for make vin jaune, we need six years, and we, the evaporation is very high. We, we, lost, we lose approximately the one third of the of the wine, it's approximately the rest of the wine uh, after the aging. But in reality, 0.62 is the old Spanish size of bottles. Then, you know, we you can find so many examples like this of, uh, of influence of our history to our vineyard now. And what about the different grape varieties? You had mentioned some of the characteristics of Pulsar and, and Trousseau, but, you know, it's interesting to me that so often... Not all the time, but so often the reds are lighter than the whites. And what are some of the other characteristics of these grape varieties that you grow? We can't uh, speak about the character of the varieties if we don't speak about the soil. Um, Jura is very interesting because we keep at the moment the more interesting grapes uh, we grow during a long time you know uh, 150 years ago before Phylloxera we have much grapes we have now in Jura maybe you, you could find 40 grapes no problem of sometimes interesting sometimes no interesting and when they make appellation I would say they select the best grapes for make the wine we, are, we have now sometimes we can find again a 
the old vines of uh, enfarine, petit beclan. It's um, very we can find some vine and some some uh, some very old vine about this, but it's it's um, it's a very small very small parts. Uh, but the grapes we we keep now uh, compare uh, is is representative of the of uh, the growing in our uh, soil. In Jura, we have a big mosaic of lots of different soil, uh, limestone, clay from Lias, clay from Trias. All this mosaic is very interesting because this mosaic of soil make our difference between Burgundy. You know, we are just front of Burgundy. I explained to you just before 80 kilometers from Bone, then it's just opposite of the Saône Valley. But our geologic history at the beginning was very close to Burgundy until 80 million years ago. But after that was completely different. Alors, if we come, if we, uh, if we explain a little this, uh, our area, our area, Burgundy Jura, all the big, big area of uh, east of France like this has three different styles of sediment. The youngest is Jurassic. Jurassic because it's limestone that could be Chimeridien, Bajocien, Alenien. It's all different styles of, uh, of limestone between this big sedimentation of uh, Jurassic. Under this more hole, you have uh, clay from Lias. Uh, and then after older, older of this, it's clay from Trias. When the Sun Valley was created, the soil for 80 kilometers large was going down and opposite two different area, Jura and Burgundy. Of course, with limestone, because you have limestone at the top. If you go to Burgundy, main of the time, is still like this. You, you arrive in Bone, uh, by, by the car, it's very flat, and you arrive, you have a wall of wines, of vines just front of you. If you arrive in Jura, that would be different because you have lots of small hills under this mountain of Jura. Why? Because when we, when we watching, when we uh, after Burgundy, just behind us, we have the mountain of Jura. The mountain of Jura was created because of the power of the of the power of Alp Mountain. You know Alp Mountain is behind us. Uh, when Alp Mountain was created and they continue to be created, they push all the land around it. And they created the, the, the Jura Mountain. Jura Mountain, you go up to 1,800 meters and it's the customs between France and Switzerland. And in the same period, in the same time the mountain was created, we were pushed in Burgundy direction. All the mountain was pushed of five kilometers in Burgundy direction. And at the bottom of this mountain, where the vineyard here is, we call it Le Revermont, uh, the, the, the soil was pushed and the small hills was created because of the, of the, of the mountain was, was, was moving. And these small, these small hills was created is just some clay was normally down, was pushed at the top and created the, some small hills of clay from Trias and clay from, Tria, from Lias. And like this, at the, at, in the Jura vineyard, we can see 70% of our area is on clay, 30% is on limestone. Our, some limestone that will be, we will have the same difference in Burgundy. In Arbois, we have Bajocien. You can find Bajocien in Côte de Corton, Colline de Corton. In uh, five kilometers more north, you have, in Les Arsures, you have some Chiméridien, typical uh, soil from, uh, from Chablis. You know, we have, a, when we speak about uh, limestone, we have some, ver some similar, something similar with Burgundy. But after when we speak about Uh, clay that would be very different because this clay is not very usual in Burgundy. You will have, you will find a little of uh, lias in south of uh, of Burgundy, but very of in very uh, small time. And uh, this clay will be very interesting because on this clay we'll plant some Savagnin pulsa, 
Noir, The Two Grapes, The Two Grapes um, who must be in, in clay soil, because Pulsar, if not, you can't make some grapes. It needs really some clay. And um, on the Savagna, we need to put Savagna on clay because uh, for make oxidative wine, we need to have wine with lots of alcohol, lots of acidity. But maybe, maybe we'll speak of this after when we speak about winemaking. And then after when we speak about limestone, uh, Trousseau and Pinot Noir are very good lim on limestone because um, these two uh, grapes need very nice maturity of uh, tannin on, on color and everything. On, on limestone, the soil will be more warm and then, of course, we'll have better maturity. And, of course, Chardonnay. Chardonnay is a very nice indicator of soil and we can, you can plant it in every soil of Jura. It's very interesting. For, in my estate, for example, I produce seven different Chardonnay. And these seven different Chardonnay are so are, are so original and has everyone his own typicity and is uh, represented they represent all the different soil of Jura, uh, different clay and limestone. It's very very interesting. Then Chardonnay everywhere, Pulsar Trousseau, Pulsar Savagna on clay and the uh, Trousseau Pinot Noir on limestone. And then like this, it's it's uh, that will be the the big uh, rules in uh, in Jura. Of course. Sometimes we have a vine who can be planting different, but main of the time is like this. And these five grapes are very, very. Um, it's a good combination with our good mixity mix, on mosaic of all the different soil we can have. So, do you find that there's certain zones then that correspond to those soil types where, boy, that's a really good spot for trousseau, or that's the really good spot for pulsar? I mean, are those kind of known to? people working in the area? Because I think often we think of it as the Jura, but is it really more like Burgundy where you might say, well, that's that's really better for Chardonnay, that's really better for Pinot Noir. Yes, but um, Jura is 60 kilometers long, but you can have this uh, mix, the, this mosaic of soil everywhere. Uh, we can see maybe uh, when we are around Chateau Chalon, uh, main of the soil here, nearly 100% of the soil is a clay from Lias. And Chateau Chalon make um, his reputation to make only some vin jaune from Chateau Chalon, from oxidative wine. And of course, the Lias in Chateau Chalon will give to the wine uh, the finest, compared to a vin jaune of Arbois, a finest, uh, uh, something like a deep wine. Chateau Chalon is, uh, is very, uh, is for keep, is very, is with a citrus taste, it's very original. Chateau Chalon, it's, uh, it's uh, a terroir apart. It's very different terroir, where you can have only some savagnin. After, for l'Etoile, for example, it's another appellation, we make main of the wine in l'Etoile are white wine of Chardonnay. You have a little of savagnin, but it's white wine of Chardonnay. And uh, it's the two, two spots, we can say, where, where you have one appellation for one grape. After, Arbois is approximately half of the total vines of Jura. Uh, in the 2,000 hectares of, of vines you, we have in Jura, you have nine, a little bit more than 900 around Arbois. And because Arbois is a more large uh, vineyard, you will have those all these uh, those this evolution of soil I told you just before. Limestone after some clay from Lias, clay from Trias. And then like this, you will have a big mix of different soil. And for example, Pupillan, they make lots of pulsar. In Montigny, in my village, uh, where the cellar is, we make more trousseau. But it's just, um, majority is not 100% pulsar, 100% trousseau. You will have a mix of lots of different style of, uh, of grapes everywhere in, in Arbois. Arbois is approximately half red, half white. 
So you grew up at the winery, and what was that like? I learning uh, winemaking, uh, of course, in uh, in school in Burgundy. I went uh, five years in Beaune. Um, that was interesting because I think the exchange with the with the winemaker from other area was maybe more interesting than the viticulture and zoology we we learned at this period because in nineties that was a full period of uh, of chemical uh, everywhere on the of the industrialization of the wine. Then all the thing I learned in school was is not the thing now I'm doing. But of course, before it, before this, I was often with my with my dad because uh, um, you know the the we, we were we we living at the middle of the estate and uh, with my brother or sister and of course we uh, we go often to help in the cellar to washing uh, washing a small barrel or uh, since very young I was every time in the wine in the wine and in the cellar and that was very very interesting and of course I I I I I'm not sure I think cut one time doing something else than to be winemaker. Then uh, it's like this in so long time. But uh, and of course, if five five years of studies of winemaking in, in Burgundy was very interesting. And then after I moved in different uh, parts of uh, of the world for uh, because in 20s, 20, 22, 20, 23 years, that was a, a good time for uh, for visited Australia, South America, South Africa, South America a little. And that, has, that was very, very interesting. And uh, the first time I I move around uh, outside of Europe when it was in Australia, and that was very interesting because that's that's open mind uh, about one uh, view of how we can make wine in good quality, in very good quality, because uh, but with uh, cont- when we want to control everything, you know, in in Australia and I think in the, lots of places in the in the world, it's very easy to choose this clone of Chardonnay, to choose this yeast for make fermentation, this barrel for make fermentation, and everything, and it's something very close I learned in the, in school. First thing I discovered when I worked uh, in this place is in Jura, like in lots of parts in Europe, you can make wine in natural way with natural yeast for make fermentation, with very old variety of uh, grapes with a massal selection on everything. And uh, if we go in industrialization of the wine, we lose something. It's very, it, it's very interesting uh, for a new vineyard to start with this. But for for all vineyards like Jura or lots of parts in France to go in this way, it's something go back a long time ago where you lose all the typicity of uh, the genetic of your vineyard because you put some clone, uh, you plant some clone, you put uh, you you will kill all the the yeast with the chemical product you put in uh, in uh, in the in your vines, and then after you will uh, if you make uh, the the wine with a, a technical process of yeast, bacteria and everything, you will lose completely something. Then, for example, the example I say every time, um, I have I. Find a few years ago uh, a few vines of pink Chardonnay uh, in the old vines I booked in La Mayoche. Then of course I uh, I cut some uh, when I pruning I cut some wood of this uh, pink Chardonnay and now I replant some pink Chardonnay and I would like to have one hectare of pink Chardonnay. It's very interesting because we can if in the uh, old book of ampelography we we have about this pink Chardonnay and. Uh, 
it's the first time I see this concretely. And it's very interesting. Then I will have this in a few time. But you know, if you put this away and put some clone, it's completely stupid because you lose all this, all this thing. Uh, then, for example, the first vine I planted in '93 uh, was massal selection or not clone. It's the things. It's the first uh, conclusion of this. The second thing is uh, in '92 in uh, the family cellar we stopped to use some selectiest because, of course, at this time more than 20 years ago. Uh, yeast arriving in uh, Jura like everywhere and everybody want, wanted to control fermentation and put some yeast for be sure at the beginning end of fermentation with this result and uh, we stopped to use we, we stopped to use to this uh, this kind of yeast it's when we move uh, I think it's 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 good to to take conclusion for know how we can do some wine as we as we want to make wine during uh, during a uh, uh, life and uh, because I think to make to make wine is a long evolution because uh, of course we make wine different at 25 years compared to 50 years of course and the wine will be different and I think if we if we go in this way it's a long evolution and uh, it's very interesting to uh, to have this vision uh, every time to uh, to thinking of the future of this um, if we speak about my history and uh, the thing, the conclusion of this is, for example, we stopped to use yeast uh, select yeast in '92, uh, but '93, uh, '94, '95 in Jura, like lots of parts in France, we have lots of rain. Then we we spray the vines with very hard uh, product. And uh, because we, we spray vines with very hard product, uh, we kill lots of yeast, natural yeast. And we start in 94, 95 to have problem of end of fermentation. Then um, we say if, if we uh, want to work correctly in the, in the cellar, it's an obligation to change the viticulture. And uh, like this, we, we start... My father was here again at this period. We, cha- we, we start to, uh, to change a little the, the product we use, to use more copper, less chemical product, more sulfur, and less, le- less chemical product again, uh, against about odium. And we change slowly to doing this. And of course, uh, because of the evolution, in 99, we start to be in organic. And at this period, my father said, I don't want to be inorganic, do, do alone. <laughs> Then that was, that was with my father, that was uh, the, the separation between the, the, the viticulture of, we, we, of my father, and then we did together, and then after I, I did alone. Because at one time you worked in the cellar and your dad worked in the vineyards. At, two, at the beginning, that was like this, yes. Just uh, when I start, uh, and uh, because I, I did only the, the winemaking, um, in in, during the, the winter 91, I go in Australia. During, during the winter 93, I go in South Africa. Because uh, the, during the winter, we don't have so many work in the vineyard, right. in, in the cellar, sorry. Then that was a good op- opportunity for me to go. To go during uh, six months, yes, six months the first time, and uh, and uh, three months the second time, and then after in '95 in in South America, that was just six weeks because you know after the the life arrive and uh, more the life progress, less we can live more ta- a long time. <laughs> But you had the idea, perhaps, that a different style of viticulture amongst the vines would allow you different options in the winemaking. So you felt that they were connected. 
that the choices you wanted to make in the winemaking had to happen in the vines. Yes, it's we go in organic viticulture through the winemaking. It's for progress in the cellar, we change the viticulture. Um, and it's in France, you know, the big, uh, big bang of, uh, of the organic was uh, 97, 99. Lots of good estate in, in, uh, Alsace, in Loire, uh, go in, in organic agriculture. Uh, the very, the first one was maybe 93, 95 in, uh, in Alsace. But, uh, yes, at the end of this, this period is lots of, lots of estate go in this direction. And for us, uh, that was, uh, very, very interesting because to progress in the viticulture, we could change a lot our vision of winemaking. And for me, it's, uh, that was, that was a starter to do something different, but an evolution again. And then after, when we, when I discover the, the natural agriculture, I discover lots of things I never learned in my, in school and never learned with my father. That was, that was very difficult at the beginning. Um, is there anyone that you ran into that helped you along with that? Was there any influence there from outside the region? We, the, yes, we, we meet some, um, I meet lots of friends, winemakers who help us, of course, but we didn't take some uh, consultant, you know, lots of people mm -hmm. said, now, future is uh, to make a biodynamic wine, a biodynamic uh, uh, vine, then I will, uh, I will uh, ask to a consultant who change mm -hmm. this. No, that was a long evolution of our opinion of our work with some meeting for example for example we start in uh, 2000 to see Pierre Masson Pierre Masson is a man in Burgundy who is inf very influenced in biodynamic in, we make a few formation with it and then after we start to uh, to have the process of biodynamic we make our own compost we we work more and more with the moon uh, we work with uh, infusion decoction with uh, you know with uh, for spray the vines Is with, Pierre Masson also associated with Dangerville and Volnay? Uh, yes, I think yes too. Yeah. Mm. And you know, we that was a long evolution like this. And then in 04, we start in Biodynamic. But again, that was a, a long evolution of uh, of nearly 10 years of viticulture. It's uh, that was very interesting like this because we change the viticulture in the same time we we change our approach of the wine. And for me, it's, that was very, very interesting. And of course, that changed in the same time. Then I take uh, 100% of the estate in uh, in charge. My father go slowly in, in retired, and I take 100% of the of uh, the control. We can say like this of the estate, and that was very, very interesting. And now more and more again, we it's um, I think viticulture. When we speak about natural viticulture, it's not finished. Every year we can make some new experiment. We can we can make some uh, some new thing for going more far for uh, it's, it's you have no limits uh, when you are, when you you have this you know um, I, I say every time it's uh, it's not because you use uh, you you use sometimes a small a small drop or small uh, grams of this this thing in viticulture you will make a good wine but if you uh, if you uh, make lots of lots of lots of uh, uh, small thing um one after one at the at the end that make a, a, a good precision on a, a good wine you know it's a small detail so we, we can say the same thing in a, mm -hmm. it's lots of small details together will make for me a, a good thing in the viticulture in the winery and after of course in the bottles parallel with the change to organic and then biodynamic viticulture and some changes in 
terms of the winemaking, you also added hectares to the estate because you, when you started in 89, 90, there was about 20 hectares and now there's close to 50. What brought along that expansion? Did you see vineyards for sale that you wanted to purchase? What was the change? Um, yes, we we did lots of work for, for uh, 20 years. But um, one thing interesting first is in Jura, uh, we speak just before about the potential of Jura. And um, we have the opportunity to take not lots of uh, vineyard in very nice place like La Mayoche, Les Bruyères, La Tour de Curon, uh, Chateau Chalon. Um, and I, um, I make be careful to, uh, to buy some vines or planting some vines in very nice place. Um, we don't have in Jura this pressure of Burgundy when uh, Premier Cru, Grand Cru and everything. If you want now a Grand Cru, it's impossible. For nous, for us in Jura, vine is not so expensive. And, um, and if you pay a little bit more expensive, you can have the best, the best place. And we did, we did this during a long time. Now, 50 hectares for me, I think it's enough because, uh, it's, uh, I like, I like to go in the vineyard. I, uh, I like to go in the, in the winery. And for me, 50 hectares, it's enough. It's good. It's a good thing. Evolution, you know, because you have 50 hectares, you can plant sometimes a few, uh, uh, a few 0.5 hectares or 0.8 hectares in very complicated, uh, land with terraces and something like this. Something you can't, you can't do if you have only five hectares. You know, if you have only five hectares, you will not uh, plant one hectares in very difficult terrace. But if you have, if you have 50 hectares, you can't do this because you you have lots of people, of course, who work in the in in the vineyard, and um, and it's good because you you can have the possibility to go more far, to be very precise, to be uh, if you have enough if you have enough people for make fifty hectares. I think for me it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing, but uh, of course. Uh, in Jura, I told you just before, the vines is the, the land is not so expensive, and that was very easy to doing this easy not easy because uh, lots of work but that was easy to find some wine in very good place um, during the last 20 years now Jura start to have lots of success some people from everywhere start to arrive in from Burgundy from uh, from we we say we meet more and more people in Jura it's a good thing because that's mean that's mean uh, Jura start to be very credible that is a good thing. Uh, but now, I think the vines in Jura will be a little bit expensive, a little bit more expensive during the next year. And uh, one thing is very interesting now is tomorrow we have a classification of Premier Cru or Grand Cru in Jura. I will be very, very happy of to have the vines I, ha I have now. So you think one day that that might happen, that there might be... Maybe, why not? You know, I think for the moment it's not possible, but maybe uh, I, that that could be good because, uh, because we have so many nice places who must be select uh, and separate to the other one. But for this, we'll see, we'll see after, we'll see in the future. And how did you come to the conclusion that those were some of the better sites? Because there isn't a program like that in place that delineates the Grand Cruise from the Premier Cruise. Was it talking to the older generation? Was it walking the vines? You got a sense of that it was a better crew than a different crew? What made you think, boy, I think this, is, this could be a Grand Cru parcel if it were ever rated? <clears throat> Grand Cru, uh, for a long time, uh, Chateau Chalon uh, thinked to uh, work to make a selection of Grand Cru for all the Chateau Chalon. 
why not but uh, i think for me it's better to uh, if you uh, if you said oh, all chateau chalon's grand cru is good but uh, uh, that will not change something for chateau chalon but if you have a real uh, uh, approach of the different land it's good to select in Arbois, Chateau Chalon, Côte du Jura, the best, the best place, and to select it in Premier Cru, Grand Cru. I think it's better because, for example, for the, at the moment, I am alone to make vin jaune um, parcel by, by parcel. In total, I produce four different vin jaunes. In something, in, it's a something, something new in Jura. I'm alone to doing this. I started in 2003. Uh, and it's very interesting because I wanted to prove then when we speak about oxidation, Every terroir can be pre expressive uh, through the oxidation. Because during a long time, when we speak about uh, oxidation, lots of people said uh, oxidation, when you speak about oxidation, you lose the character of terroir. In Spain, they, they, have, they had the same approach. And now that changed a lot. In Spain, they work, they, they work hard these last 10 days, uh, 10 years about the definition of terroir. And in Jura, I think we have the same vision of this. For the moment, we make uh, four different versions, I told you, and between Les Bruyères, Château Chalon, Lavazé en Spoix, it's totally different. And we have four different versions, and we can make four different, we can hit four different plates with this. And it's very good because we don't speak only about power of vin jaune, we speak about complexity, fineness, and the real, uh, yes, complexity of vin jaune. But what made you think, boy, that's a better vineyard than that other vineyard? Like when you made your purchasing decisions, what was it that you said, I'm confident that that's a great vineyard? Was it speaking to people of an older generation? Or yes, it's, uh, you know, the main thing first, in Jura, in uh, you have only 1,000 hectares of vines, uh, in 1960s, something like this. Of course, the nine, the, the, that was at this period the best, uh, the best place, the best land was planted. Of course, because you have best maturity and everything. First thing, if you buy some uh, very old vines, of course, that was uh, normally the best vine. Was, that was a good vine whose was planted before 1970s. Uh, after, you can find some place, again, with no vines because that was too difficult for uh, make mechanization. Then uh, it's uh, lots of work, but the result is very nice. Like we did with the Tour de Curon on the, the piece of, uh, of vines we planted last year and this year. In, La Cu in Curon, it's very nice terraces. We planted small Parenthèse, we, we, plant, we planted some vines, a small piece of vines at 27 vines per hectare. In small terraces, that will be maybe two barrels of vin jaune only per year. But that will be very, we are very exciting about this. But uh, that, we, that will be, the result will be in 12, in 12 years. But uh, it's, uh, after, you know, it's, we have to listen to the, the people before. And then after you have, we, we can see easily the best place compared to the other one. Uh, geology is, uh, is, is quite simple if you understand how Jura is made with a freestyle of, uh, of sediment we saw just before. It's very interesting to, uh, to uh, with the exposition, to find a good piece to the other, to the other one. Um, but in general, again, if you choice old vines or or land where you had vine few times ago, uh, that it's it's not a mistake because uh, the best vines still in vines uh, during nearly all the 20th century. You decided to do, as you mentioned, with both the Chardonnay and the Vinjon, a 
terroir emphasis where you decided to make individual parcels separately rather than blend them together. And did that emphasis come to you from your exposure having worked in Burgundy or was it a different influence that made you say, you know, Chardonnay expresses itself differently. What if I were to bottle several different ones? Of course, all the testing I did a long time ago in Burgundy when I was student was very interesting and opened the mind about this. Uh, I was uh, I was in the same um, school than uh, Jean-Claude Ramonet at the same time, and we did lots we did lots of testing in 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 Chassagne, and uh, that was so exciting to test all the different uh, influence of the soil with the Chardonnay here. Uh, when I when I'm back, the first thing I did in in Jura is in my family estate is to make wine with no with no oxidation because often at this period uh, Jura was often a blend between Chardonnay and Sauvignon with a little of, of oxidation. Then to make uh, Chardonnay 100% with topping up, that was the first thing with the uh, first barrique with batonnage. Our first Chardonnay with a uh, barrique and everything was in 1990. Was very very interesting. Now again. Um, and uh, after this, when I progress in this style, I start to make to, to separate the different terroirs in '97, and um, and I discover something very different. And the expression was very interesting. After that was something new because uh, when you make a Chardonnay on clay soil, uh, clay soil is very interesting because that gives to the wine the very reduction. Uh, that will be more reductive compared to limestone soil. On the clay soil from Lias or Trias in Jura, that will give to the Chardonnay uh, express, the expression of uh, spice and the uh, smoky character and the very original. Some some people can thinking about oxidation of this, but it's really reduction character. And uh, and this is very interesting because uh, when you start of this, you discover some taste you you don't have somewhere else because Chardonnay with lots of clay is not so often in the world. And it's so interesting and it, for this reason, Chardonnay from Jura has so, um, a, a, a so interesting uh, personality. And then after for the Vinjon, uh, we separate all the different land. And, um, and that was very new uh, every time. For example, this year, I bottling my first Chateau Chalon. The Chateau Chalon, when we compare normally Vinjon from Marbois compared to Chateau Chalon, normally Chateau Chalon is more, is a, is a wine more straight, more, with more acidity, uh, more finest compared to Arbois. We have the small, the lemon taste in t inside. And every time is more deep wine and really for keep. And uh, the first vintage was for me a little worry because I was exciting to find all this character in my Chateau Chalon. And I'm very happy about this, about the result. Because uh, really, when we taste uh, Vinjon Les Bruyères, for example, is the archetype of Vinjon from Arbois and Vinjon of Chateau Chalon. It's so much difference, and I'm very happy about this. Uh, you know, it's uh, when you isolate a soil, a terroir, in, in one style of winemaking, uh, it's only when you bottling the wine, uh, when you blend all the different barrels, because you can't, you, you can have an idea when you taste all the barrels differently, but uh, separately, but when you blend it, when you bottling, and when you taste a few times after, it's very, it's, it's, you discover the wine, and this is very interesting. And the uh, first time we blend Chateau Chalon, I think we taste, uh, every day we taste, we taste the wine for two weeks. <laughs> But speaking of blending, one thing that you could have done would have been to 
not just blend sites, but blend varieties. You know, you could have blended Pinot Noir with Pulsar or Pinot Noir with Trousseau or all three of those together. And you've chosen not to do that except for the Cremant. So why might you decide to go single variety and single site whenever possible? You know, in Jura, I, we told just before, one, for these grapes, for the red grapes, one soil compared to one grape. And um, it's we have grapes very different. If you compare a Pulsar compared to a Pinot Noir, it's very, very different. Of course, Merlot and Cabernet in Bordeaux are very different. But, um, but you know, it's, uh, it's different. In Bordeaux, in Bordeaux, for example, they're looking for an, an identity of an estate, of, uh, of a chateau when they make uh, 70, Pinot, 70 Cabernet, 30, 30 uh, uh, Merlot on this style of, uh, of soil. They're looking for an identity of, uh, of a chateau. For us, it's different because if I separate the different grapes, it's for looking for the identity of every grapes in a good combination with the soil. And for me, it's better when, you, when we taste, for example, Pinot Noir, everybody knows Pinot Noir. We make a Pinot Noir in full bunches, uh, no destames without sulfur. I, I put just a little of sulfur after malolactic because I like to, uh, to make uh, uh, oak and barrique evolution, élevage, then it's very interesting for, to protect the wine just before this, this élevage. But uh, after, before malolactic, no sulfur. And for me, it's very interesting to have an expression of these Pinot Noir food bunches in our soil from Jura. It's very interesting because that will be more spicy compared to Burgundy. And, um, and of course, that will be very interesting to have, to have this, uh, this character. Pulsar, you can have Pulsar onion clay. Then uh, clay is very interesting because it's best uh, land for Pulsar. But after that will be more easy to make Pulsar without sulfur if you are on clay, because that will be more reductive again. And it's very, very interesting to have this. On Trousseau, of course, it's uh, it, that need only very warm soil, very nice exposition. We, we say just before, it's very late grapes. Then if you want very nice maturity, you need sun in our area. You need lots, lots of sun, lots of warm temperature to have the best best uh, best uh, maturity. Then you, you need this. Then after, it's my my father makes some land um, for me it's we're looking for this expression I just explained this uh, all this diversity this uh, this uh, personality of every grape we, we just see now and is for me it's much better to doing this and much interesting because one thing very very interesting too I have a different approach between the stems, between sulfur on these three grapes. Uh, we'll we'll uh, have different approach about Pulsar. Who know Pulsar has very fine skin and very fragile skin. If you destem by machine, you will crush every grapes. If you destem slowly by hand, you will, have, you will have full grapes and you can make like a carbonic maceration inside of the grapes and you will have something completely different in, in, at the end. And for example, Pinot Noir, a Pinot Noir for me, uh, it's, uh, you know, if you have a good maturity of Pinot Noir, it's difficult to destems. If you destems Pinot Noir, the juice will arrive very easily. It's very, very complicated. Because, you know, if you have good maturity with uh, the whole variety of Pinot we have, with small, uh, with small bunches, when you, uh, when you, when you put the, um, the, the grapes uh, outside of, uh, of the stems, you will have some juice and some grapes will be crushed when you have a good maturity. For me, if you want, it's for this reason 
reason, you have so many differences between Pinot Noir destems and not destems. Um, because if you have not destems, uh, you will have this fermentation inside of the grapes, uh, who is very interesting because you will have uh, the power in month you can't have uh, if you destems. Of course, the stems must be must have a very very good maturity. If we compare, for example. Another grapes in opposite opposite in of France, for example, Grenache. I visit some friends who make uh, who destem Grenache uh, by machine, uh, put in a tank, and uh, when the tank is full, you open the valve of the tank, and you don't have one drop of juice go down. Because why? Because Grenache the the, the skin is so thick. Then if you destems, you will not crush the grapes, and you can really make. A Uh, carbonic maceration if you destem. If you make the same thing with pulsar, you will have uh, lots of lots of juice and with Pinot Noir also. Then for me, it's, uh, it's very interesting the, 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 the stems, destems or not destems, is very interesting about the approach of, of the red wine. Of, uh, it's interesting to have this fermentation in, inside of the grapes for have more uh, body, more grassiness, more large wine. Uh, during a long time, Uh, to crush the grapes, you, ex you make extraction of the tannin, but you, if you don't have the, the, the onctuosity for, for balance the tannin, it's not good. It's, it's, it's difficult tannin. But this onctuosity, this, uh, this, uh, It's difficult to explain in English, but this large month with the carbonic maceration, uh, fermentation inside of the grapes is very, very nice balance with tannin. And with tannin of the stems, if you, for example, Pinot Noir, if you leave the full bunches. After, every, every winemaker, I think, is, has a different approach about this. But for me, the free red, red grapes, I make uh, wine with it. I have a free, I have three different approach of the stems, sulfur, and everything. And of course, élevage for the free, free red grapes. And I try to adapt the best winemaking, I think, of my opinion. It's not uh, every winemaker esteem, every winemaker find his best way for, for him for make wine. And it's, uh, and I think it's good to have a different approach for these free grapes. And it's, uh, it's a long work. It's a long thinking. You know, as we say every time, we make only if if you have a long uh, life of uh, winemaker, you will have. We make 40, 40 wines in your wine in your life. 40 wine making is not uh, is is not a lot compared to a cooker who will who can show who he can change his uh, his cooking every morning or uh, every week. For us, it's uh, it's a long approach, a long evolution. Again, with the edge as we say just before and uh, and everyone has an evolution and uh, and it's good one thing for me is very interesting is to keep the end the end in the soil the end in the wine for have a good evolution you start to for me it's maybe difficult to say this but uh, it's sure you 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 start to lose your identity of wine when you call a wine consultant for me it's the beginning of a uh, Of, it's not your wine, it's the wine of the consultants. In the evolution of your wine, what has it tasted like over time? Because there's been numerous changes to viticulture, to the kinds of planting that you use, to new vineyards that you weren't working with. Do you see eras of taste all across the spectrum of the 25 years that you've been? I think the main thing is the Chardonnay 
everybody knows Chardonnay, everybody tastes Chardonnay, and maybe it's good to resume the evolution of uh, biodynamic, small quantity per hectare, best land with the Chardonnay. Because I think the Chardonnay we make now has a minerality, uh, um, a fineness we don't have before. Uh, the, the work with the wood, with the lease, with, uh, you know, I like to make, uh, I like to make wine every time in Chardonnay in reduction. I don't, uh, I don't want to, uh, reduction is very interesting because it's, uh, it's, it's uh, put away the necessity of the suffer. It's, uh, it's uh, very interesting for the development of the wine in the future. It's uh, very interesting for the minerality of the wine too. Reduction is very interesting. And of Of, of, co of course, after me, I'm every time right with, uh, with a good maturity of the Chardonnay, with the activity of the vines, but never sur maturity, uh, over maturity, because we say we're waiting, we're waiting before, before, uh, before harvest. One thing is we don't have the climate, the climate for doing this in Jura. When you, you have a good maturity, go to pick the grapes and it's good like this. And after, for me, if you're waiting over maturity, you will lose a little the character of the soil, you will lose the character of the terroir. And of course, you will, uh, you will have a, a, a style of wine when, you, when we find that a long time, during a long time in, in, Macon, in Macon, and you, we, can, we can find, again, this kind of wine, very large wine with very nice maturity of, of grapes. But for me, it's more... Uh, Uh, a technique Chardonnay is not a, is not a real expression of a terroir. It's uh, after it's very interesting for this. Now I'm happy to make a Chardonnay with very small quantity of sulfur. Uh, we are every time we have at, at uh, less than 20 mils of total sulfur in my Chardonnay. I prefer to put a little compared to put no sulfur in Chardonnay because I want to have the 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 minerality, the stability of the Chardonnay in the future. The main the, the period who the Chardonnay is more complicated. Maybe it's uh, when you, when you don't put sulfur in the bottling after uh, two or three years we'll have lots of yeast in your bottles and the wine will be in reduction and that can take a few times that can take uh, two five six years and during this period the wine is very close very reductive and is, uh, it's at this period when the main of the bottles are open then it's the it's damage to to drink a bottles when uh, when it's not a good a good state a good uh, time to, to drink it. And um, to put a little of sulfur, I think it's very good, very small quantity. But I'm very happy now of, uh, of uh, every time we try to go more far again, but I'm very happy of the evolution we had uh, on our Chardonnay to obtain now the Chardonnay where we have a definition of, of terroir who are very interesting. Is it really possible in a way to just have one bottle of the Chardonnay and understand it? I mean, it sounds like what you really have to do is drink them as a set, you know, or to compare them in a way. Otherwise, it's so hard to really know what you're up to. Do you know what I mean? Like if I, there's some Chardonnay producers, if I had their Chardonnay, I would be like, ah, I, I confidently know what that producer is doing with Chardonnay. But it sounds, in your case, like I need to do more like what a winemaker might do, which would be to try the different cuvées. You know, you know, one one for me, one thing very interesting is when you make when you taste a blind tasting, when you taste a Chardonnay in blind tasting, uh, that will be not the Chardonnay you will taste first. 
You understand what I mean? If you, if the soil... Taste the soil it, first. Yes, taste the soil first. And then, oh, that could be a Chardonnay. You know, it's uh, so many... Chardonnay, it's uh, it's the grapes when you, you put your nose on, at the top of the glass and say it's Chardonnay. Okay, from where where now that could be... That could right. become... Sonomaco yes. or Napa. It's, uh, or, and it's, it's for me, it's so interesting to have a real expression of, uh, of terroir first and say, wow, it's... Uh, It's it's something different, and now uh, it could be Chardonnay. You know, it's uh, mm -hmm. for to me, say limestone first or oh, clay yes, first. Clay because clay because clay right. is, is is so is so different compared to the other one. And uh, for me, if uh, if we arrive to doing this, for me, it's something I I enjoy a lot. If we arrive this, because uh, maybe we'll find, maybe and I think we have lots of work again, and uh, it's uh, it's for me an. Uh, And a goal, a goal in the blind testing, who is very interesting. I've found working with French sommeliers that they usually work that way rather than work the other way. Like when they do blind tasting, they usually pick out the soil type first and then think about where those soils are and what's planted on them rather than the American sommeliers tend to think grape variety first and then work back to the soil type. Now it's very interesting. For example, in Jura, sometimes when we taste Uh, in different estates with uh, uh, who has more history and he make blend the people make blend testing between topping up Savagna or topping up Chardonnay sometimes you don't know what is it and it's very interesting I remember some very uh, uh, famous testing in Pierre Vernois uh, when uh, Pierre Vernois said Pierre said uh, this is Savagna or Chardonnay and half of the table said Savagna half the, the table ta said Chardonnay and it's two completely different grapes That was in uh, 2000, uh, in 91, 91 vintage. And uh, it's, that was a few times ago, two fabulous wine. Uh, and it's, this is very interesting. It's also hard to tell because the labels don't change for him. You know, it's just the wax. <laughs> yes. You know, it's just, I get confused all the time, you know, regularly. Yes, but uh, that was, yes, that was in, in Caraf. Both was in Caraf. <laughs> but uh, uh, you've done something kind of interesting, which is that you've referred to seven in as Traminer on some of your labels. And why would you do that? Uh, it's a little of provocation. You know, in Jura, uh, during a long time, the winemaker said um, the taste of nuts is the taste of the uh, of the terroir, and the Savagna, the Jura, is the only place where you can find Savagna. It's two wrong things. Uh, the first thing is wrong because you know the nuts character and spicy character. Everybody knows when you are when you know wines that come from the the floor oxidation, the floor evolution, uh, with no topping up. Uh, if you, you don't if you don't have floor, you can't you don't uh, you can't have this character. First thing. And second thing, Savagna is a cousin of Gewurztraminer. In the Traminer family, the pink aromatic is Gewurztraminer. The pink non-aromatic is Clevener from Milligenstein. They call it sometimes Savagna Rose in this place. And the white non-aromatic Savagna is the Traminer. They call it Payen in Switzerland, Traminer in uh, Italy, Traminer in, uh, in, uh, in Romania, something like, some place like this. And, um, and it's very interesting to, uh, to show what is Savagna with no oxidation, only in uh, fresh winemaking, uh, 100% in tanks, and last vintage was one part in tank, one thing tanks in barrick, um, one part in tank, one, ta one ta part in barrick, and to bottling it very early, after eight, nine months after the winemaking, uh, with screw cap, is more provocation again, and to call it Traminer. That's lots of 
Jurassic people who discovered this wine was a little, uh, a little disappointed, uh, disappointed, and I enjoy it a lot. It's for open, you know. It's uh, you, it's to to put away this identity of Jura is only oxidation. And uh, it's only nuts. You will find nuts in all all the wine. And to uh, to uh, say um, Jura Jura vineyard is a mountain is a mountain vineyard is the two two thing I try to put away since I'm work in the vineyard. <laughs> We have of course mountain in Jura, and I'm very happy to have mountain in Jura. But uh, the highest vines in Jura is 400 meters. The highest vine in uh, Haute Côte de Nuit is more high than this. Then it's. Uh, It's, we, we, yes, it's climate is very, very nice for make wine. And you make an interesting choice with one of your crema, one of your sparkling wines, in that you do the secondary fermentation in bottle with indigenous, not cultured yeast, which I think is fairly unusual for a sparkling wine. What led you to that decision? Yes, the, you know, since we are in organic and biodynamic, uh, the main thing is to put away all the industrial process of winemaking. Of course, prise de mousse, la champagnisation, uh, main of the time is doing with champagne, Uh, select in uh, ch in champagne yeast select in champagne uh, of course and uh, selling by uh, champagne laboratory we still to make this prise de mousse with this champagne yeast but in the same time since now five six years I want really make some crément with no with nothing from outside and um, we start at the beginning to use wine at the end of fermentation for um, try to make a starter for inoculate the wine for make the prise de mousse when we bottling crément and uh, with end, with yeast in end of cycle that was difficult because the yeast can't be developing very easily and the process I try to do now a uh, few years ago is to um, when we bottling the crément in January or February we still have lots of grapes in the cellar because you know we make vanpai vanpai is a passito we cut the grapes at the beginning of the harvest we put in wood cases we put under the roof on waiting concentration of uh, of sugar then we have some grapes some fresh grapes under the roof at this period then the the thing we do it was with uh, two weeks before bottling the crément we press a little of vanpai we uh, start fermentation with this vanpai and we use this vanpai in fermentation for mix the starter Uh, for the second fermentation in bottles. And uh, it's not 100% because uh, sometimes Onoid uh, Vintage is still a little of sugar. Uh, 2012 uh, is still a little of sugar. But for the moment, two vintage every three is 100% good. But um, I must to progress again in the method, but I, I'm, I'm sure, I, I hope, I'm sure I will, I will arrive this. But it's very interesting because uh, when you change your fermentation in bottles, you will change completely the, the style of wine. Because with champagne yeast, fermentation is uh, one and a half months. With natural yeast, it's eight months of fermentation. That change completely the wine. And of course, it's not only one yeast who work in the bottles. You have so many different of family of yeast who work in bottles and you have something of complex of complexity very interesting and you have something between pétillant naturel and crément or champagne 
on with so many identity and it's very very nice we did it in white in a long time uh, fancy six now i think oh seven was the first vintage and now we make it we make it since a rosé in rosé since two vintage and in rosé is very interesting too because the fruit is is very uh, open and very very interesting now it's a it's a way i found it for make 100% homemade Cremant, we can say like this, with nothing from outside. And uh, it's uh, just one part of our Cremant is doing like this at the moment. But we'll see. I will try I try to make more and more. And we'll see if one day I can uh, stop with champagne. Yes, I would like to. We'll see we, if it's possible or not. Because it's a risk. If you don't have fermentation bottles, it's complicated. It's a uh, main way is to open the bottles. Then it's not so easy. Then it's a uh, it's risk and uh, we move to work again. But the result... When it's very nice, it's very, very interesting. How should I approach some of the different wines you make in terms of opening them and handling them? I find, you know, so you make Vinjon and you make Chateau Chalon, and uh, obviously those are aged significantly before release by law. But sometimes when I find someone's Vinjon in the market, I can open it when it's released. And sometimes I feel like it needs 20 years and I'm not ever quite sure unless I know the producer well, what I'm going to get. And then I find sometimes Pulsar from a producer will be more reductive or it'll be less reductive or a Trousseau will need more time or less time. How would you characterize your own production in terms of as a consumer, how should I think about opening them and should I be decanting them or? It's, um, it's, very uh, difficult to be sure of every of every wines because um, more and more of Jura wines are making in natural way. Uh, for me, I'm from in from my estate. I produce five or six wines without uh, without sulfur with no filtration, and uh, after it's more difficult to uh, to control the wine if you don't put just a little of sulfur before bottling. Of course, Pulsar is maybe the more difficult because Pulsar can be very reductive. After, Pulsar is uh, naturally of this style. Pulsar needs reduction. Then after, I think the reduction will be will be less compared to a Grelo from uh, from uh, from Loire or Cabernet. I think the reduction will be more clean. After, of course, if uh, reduction is is too strong, uh, you have to carafe it, and it, it's okay. I didn't taste. I think the last uh, the the last time some wine with with big reduction who, who, where we say, oh, we can't drink the wine, we have to wait three hours before drinking the wine. From my, from my estate and from the other estate from Jura. After, for the white, it's more complicated. Um, in, we, I explained just before, then I put just a little of, of sulfur in Chardonnay before bottling. I start in, uh, I make experiment between uh, uh, 2002 and, 2000 and 2004 to bottling Chardonnay without sulfur uh, with a, a land we call Barberon. And every time that was like this, then bacteria, uh, yeast arrive in bottles and close the wine and the wine has too much trouble and, uh, and it's difficult because you can't, if you put in carafe, you have to wait in two days before it's very open. Then for the Chardonnay, it's more difficult. We don't have this problem with Savagna, but for the Chardonnay, is more complicated. For example, for my opinion, yes, I put a little of sulfur with some Chardonnay with no sulfur at the end. 
that can be sometimes you can have some reduction in cold vintage like 2012. It's maybe more difficult. But uh, you know when a wine, when you open a wine and you smell a little of reduction, then you have just put in carafe and waiting. That's uh, that's more open. After, of course, this wine in reduction will be very good in 10 years. But uh, <laughs> if you, if you open it, <laughs> too late. <laughs> And what about the market for wines of the Jura? It seems to have really catapulted over the last, I don't know, five years in the United States, and especially in the New York market, maybe the San Francisco market. Yes, a little bit more than five years, maybe, yes. But um, one thing is sure is uh, Jura, at this, this moment, it's it's uh, 7% only exportation is 7%. It's very low. Um, lots of organic winemakers like me, or biodynamic winemakers, produce uh, and sell maybe if I sell half of his, of of them production uh, at the exportation. Like me, for for us, we export 60% of our production. The first wine who was export in uh, who was exported in New York was Cremant. And then after, when people discover Jura, they want to uh, to discover the other wine, and that was very very interesting. In my estate, we export, I think, in 35 or something like this different country in the world. Then it's very very interesting. Um, the main the thing I explain every time is sometimes more easy to make a tasting with a New York sommelier from New York compared to a sommelier from Paris. Because, of course, the mind is more open and is more, is, is more simple. Um, every sommelier now in New York knows what is pulsar and everything. It's not the same sometimes in France. Then... Um, then it's more easy, and for this reason, maybe the wine has uh, so many success now in 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 exportation. After, of course, it's every time the same estate you can find in uh, in New York or in Montreal or something like this. But it's like this. I think more more and more people go in the natural way, and we have more and more people um, who export some wine, and it's very good. Do you think that you'll see more people from outside the region come to purchase vineyard land inside the Jura? Inside of Jura, some people, yes, it, we, we say, we, we speak just before about Marquino Gerville, who has, who buy some vines in Jura, and we see people from, uh, from Japan, Kenjiro, uh, plant some vines in Jura, and now more and more people are interesting to buy some vine, some vine in Jura and to make wine in Jura. This is good. It's, um, for me, again, it's, uh, it's people coming to, to plant, to, to looking for wine in Jura, it's because we start to be credible and we are an interest. People find uh, with an interest about this, and it's very good. No, it's uh, for Jura. We are very happy about the future we can have because lots of work was did uh, during a long time. But I think we have a very nice potential, and I think it's uh, yes, it's it's very. I, I like to be in Jura. <laughs> It's it's uh, it's another it's so original it's so it's so it's the diversity is too interesting and uh, and now we can find lots of people everywhere to uh, to want a very nice uh, uh, wine list of Jura it's we went with Camille in uh, with Camille Rivière we import our wine in uh, in New York uh, in a restaurant where you have uh, just before where you have thirty different wine of Jura it's incredible you go in in Noma, you know the famous restaurant in in uh, in Denmark in Copenhagen. He has seventy different Jura wine in his list. It's uh, it's so exciting and uh, it's so interesting and uh, 
And thank you to all the sommeliers who was uh, very interesting about our identity, our specificity, and uh, who want something different uh, with Jura wine. And the main thing is we, has, we have the pos possibility with our soil, our grapes, and our style of winemaking to make something unique. And I'm just open thing. Then we'll keep this this character and this uh, this thing very unique and uh, and like this that will be no problem for Jura for the next 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 years. No problem. Stéphane Tissot of André and Marais Tissot in the Jura. He's happy to be there, and I'm, for one, happy that he has been there. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, me too. That was very interesting to speak uh, so many times about uh, Jura wine with my English sometimes not very good, but I hope everybody will understand this. But, uh, but uh, yes, it's, uh, it's very interesting, and I'm very happy to speak about Jura. We can speak a long, long time about our wines. Thank you. Stéphane Tissot. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website all drink to that pod.com. That's I L L drink to that P O D.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.